Away we go, episode 22 of the Bearded Car Cast. Taping it today on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Winthrop is at Radford, Virginia tonight at 7 o'clock. We have now determined that there are two teams left in the NFL. And there's a big pickup truck that's trying to block our way to take take a left here. And on the way to Radford, we're probably stopping at a restaurant and historic site that is closed. Possibly. That, that hey, it wouldn't be the first place we've stopped to. That was <laughs> it always seems like a good plan. You map out the week and you go, let's go somewhere. They're probably not open. They're probably not open. <laughs> yeah, so we'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. I am legitimately excited about the basketball game tonight. I think oh, you know yeah. the way we prep for games. We get excited about every game. We find interesting storylines. But this is the first Big South game in more than a decade between two teams, 5-0 and or better. Yeah. And at least for the time being, because it's not going to be the case next year, the regular season title in the league is really, really meaningful. Yeah, no uh, no doubt about it. First, uh, well, this year, it's the last year for the next couple of years where it's going to be extremely meaningful because first place team, the regular season champion, will host the conference tournament. But this is two teams, 5-0. and Both teams have won seven straight games. There are only six teams in the entire country that have won more than seven consecutive games yeah. right now. Wow. So, so these teams are playing really well. Now they're playing each other. There's actually something on the line. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've talked to Winter players and coaches over the last several weeks, and we turn every game into a quote-unquote rivalry. That yeah. Coastal game was the obvious rivalry. They sure. used to be a big rival. Now they're no longer in the league. And Winter and Gardner-Webb have tended to play really tight games yeah. recently. So that's become a rivalry. And UNC Asheville and Winthrop was the biggest rivalry in the league yeah. for a period of time. And now Winthrop and Radford. I mean, how many rivals can you have? Well, when you have the history that Winthrop has... Everybody feels like they're your rival, you know, because everybody's gunning for you. You're, you're their, you know, when you're the best team historically over a long amount of time, you know, people tend to get more up for you. You know, it's it's like, you know, everybody in the ACC wants to beat Duke in North Carolina in yeah. basketball. Or the Yankees. Everyone's the Yankees. got a rivalry with the right. Yankees. Right, Or the Patriots in, in the NFL, although they're out of the tournament this year. But this is going to be – no, I'm excited for this game too. When you – cheer for your team if you're a Patriots fan or you're a Red Sox fan do you get legitimately more excited when the Red Sox play the Yankees than when the Red Sox play the Blue Jays or Rays or White Sox or anybody else best way to answer that besides yes is atmosphere you know as a kid you know you just knew when the Yankees were in town everybody was talking about it if you went to the game there was an extra special buzz so yeah I mean it was and no disrespect to the the Rays have kind of become kind of I don't know because they're a divisional rival I guess that game takes on more meaning but it's it's a different vibe when the Yankees are in town in Boston no doubt about it and I think to some extent it's like that in New York too I mean you know when the Red Sox are in town you know it's like when uh, Durham comes to Charlotte for a night's game <laughs> oh yeah the, yeah the vibe the vibe is just different in the city yeah, yeah. do you think it's hard to play like Winthrop's last two games have been crazy, but and both opposites. I mean, I mean, well, close early, 
in both games, but the Gardner-Webb game obviously was close. Gardner-Webb game went to triple overtime. You scored six points in seven seconds to yeah. send the game to double yeah. overtime. You bank in a three to four yeah. triple overtime. Yeah. And then the game at Hampton on Thursday, Winter trails by a dozen early, puts up a buck 16 and wins by 20. Yeah. But you know what? The, but the key ingredient to both, I think, was Winthrop's depth. Yeah. Well, yeah, the depth and the glass, the, those have been the two big formulas for for Winthrop's success this year. And, you know, when you switch to the NFL, we watched the championship games yesterday. They were not particularly compelling yeah. games. I think that's what makes San Francisco so good. It's not that they have one or two guys. It's that I think they're the best team in the NFL. 1-53. to Yeah, most balanced team overall. It'll be really interesting. I mean, I don't think it's been a good NFL playoffs. I mean, if you take the entire playoffs, aside from the wild but not necessarily well-played Tennessee-Buffalo game and the first half of the Houston-Kansas City game, we haven't gotten matchups that are overly scintillating, yeah. and we haven't gotten crazy games. I mean, I guess Seattle and Green Bay was okay or pretty good, but like nothing that's been that great. But I think going into the playoffs, we were hoping for Ravens-Patriots, and we were hoping for, or, or Chiefs-Ravens, and we were hoping for New Orleans-San yeah. Francisco, but now Kansas City-San Francisco, that's a fun game. This is going to be an outstanding game, and you have to give Patrick Mahomes a lot of credit. I mean, he is, I think he has become a better version of Russell Wilson. And what I mean by that is he's so good under pressure. And and what I mean by that is, you know, when he's out of the pocket and some of the throws he makes and they're, they're, they're online. I mean, you're thinking, how is he, he takes a, a little bit like Cam Newton, takes a, what looks like a broken play or a loss, turns it into a positive play. You know, Lamar Jackson is going to be the MVP of the league, deservedly so, and that's great. Russell Wilson is unbelievable. Deshaun Watson is terrific. But I don't know how you can watch Patrick Mahomes and not think he's the guy I would want. If you get one, that's the dude I would take. I completely agree with that. But, I mean, it's not a bad choice either. I mean, if you had to choose between the two of those guys. But I think Patrick Mahomes has shown himself to be maybe a little bit more advanced. I I just – he – he feels like the next iteration of the best. Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback in the NFL for whatever, five years. Yeah. And Tom Brady was the best quarterback in the NFL for whatever, five years. And Peyton Manning was the best quarterback in the NFL. And you can go all the way back to Joe Montana or Roger Staubacher, whoever had their half-decade reign as the best. To me, Patrick Mahomes is the best. It's hard to argue that. But what Kyle Shanahan will do in two Two weeks weeks with what I think is the best defensive line in the NFL. I mean, the 49ers win games in the trenches. They beat you on the offensive line, being able to run the ball and then strategically pass. They beat you in the defensive front by getting pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run. Now you've got Mahomes, this elite A-level offensive quarterback. That is just such a fun battle. But don't sleep on the Chiefs' offensive line. I mean, that's strength on strength right there. The defensive line of San Francisco going up against that Kansas City offensive line. No no question. I I mean, it, it really 
looks like a, a, a fun game. Which means one team's going to win by 30. Well, that, that's <laughs> I hope that I don't think that's the case. I Let's think put it's going to be a close way. game. I, it I agree. cannot be worse than the last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> that is the most boring game since all of those routes of my childhood. Remember, yeah. for, for years and years and years, the NFC was just so much better yeah. than the AFC. And whoever won the 49ers in Dallas or the 49ers and Giants in the NFC Championship game would go on to win the Super Bowl, whether it was Cincinnati or Denver or wherever was the sacrificial lamb on the other side yeah. of things. I, I don't think that's the case now. I, I think the NFC was better than the AFC this year. That's why I prefer the 49ers. But guys like Patrick Mahomes, they're hard to bet against. And just fun to watch. I mean, it's hard to bet against, but they just make so many things. He makes things look easy. That's why he is so And the, so there is, seems to be a narrative that, well, any quarterback would be aided by having the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has, which of course is true, but don't the Chiefs deserve credit for acquiring those players? It's not like Tyree Kill was the first overall pick in the draft. Mikel Harmon was not, I don't think, a first-round draft pick. They have had a philosophy of we're going to bring in speed guys. Sammy Watkins was not someone that they traded a, a uber-high pick to get. I mean, their running backs are nothing special. Like, like, yes, they have really good weapons. Kelsey obviously is special. So is Kittle. It's, it's maybe the best tight end matchup oh, in definitely. a Super Bowl yeah. in, in recent memory. No doubt. But, but the, I, like... People don't want to give credit to Mahomes because of the players around him, but what players around him? He's got a good offensive line, he's got Kelsey, and they've got a bunch of wide receivers that anybody could have had. No doubt. I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun. Do you have a preference? Right now? Uh, a lean? A lean. I'd say right now I might be leaning towards San Francisco. Yeah, I am too. But I, it's, I'm, I'm starting to, you know, I mean, I've been kind of doubting Kansas City's defense, and maybe it's time not to doubt them anymore. I don't know. Well, they certainly have been good the last whatever six, eight weeks. I mean, the great thing about the game, um, the game on the Chiefs game, was uh, the early game, was that they essentially did to Tennessee what Tennessee has been doing to other teams in the playoffs. You know, after they took the lead in the first half, it was basically ball control in the second half. Yep. Well, I mean, once you get the lead, there's no real yeah. reason to to pour it on. Did you make anything of San Francisco's blowout at Green Bay? It just looked like teams in different classes. Well, it justified what you and I have been... We were high on Green Bay all year. Right. So it just kind of justified that. I mean, the NFC fell apart. I, I really thought with maybe four weeks to go in the regular season, we had three very good teams. Seattle, San Francisco, and New Orleans. And Seattle just got so banged up. Then when they lost that Week 17 game to San Francisco, they didn't get the bye. They didn't get the home games. They were basically done, and they were better than a banged-up Philadelphia team. They advanced to play what we thought and turned out to be kind of an overrated Green Bay team. And then New Orleans, I I don't know what happened. They had a bad day to have a bad day. John Fox. Yeah. John Fox 101. I mean, I've got a good friend who is a diehard Ravens fan. I think if the Ravens and and Tennessee play that game 10 times, Baltimore wins at eight of them. But there were five plays in the game, the two fourth downs and the three turnovers 
that Tennessee turned all of them into points. The, yeah. Those are the leverage plays that decided. So I think very easily we could have had Baltimore and Kansas City yesterday, or we could have had New Orleans and San Francisco. But as it actually happened, the, the teams that are in the Super Bowl did not get unbelievable playoff tests. That being said, they were very impressive. Well, we're on the topic of the NFL. There are two teams left standing, but there are a whole bunch of teams that are prepping for the draft and free agency. And it could be one of the more interesting years outside of the field in the sense that it's possible guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers could all be on the move. Maybe that's not the likely scenario, but, but it could be. And then you've got the Teddy Bridgewaters, the Ryan Tannehills yeah. of the world. There's the big question in the draft about where Tua Tagovailoa yeah. goes. And the stuff we talked about last week with Joe Burrow, the report coming out this weekend that the Panthers have expressed interest in trading for him and the almost immediate response that Cincinnati has no interest in engaging in that. Well, we kind of knew that was going to be the case. But it, you never know when, you know, when sweeten the pot. I mean. Well, that, that's exactly it. I mean, if you're willing to make the Herschel Walker trade, then I think at very least someone should listen. Now, if you think Joe Burrow is a franchise quarterback, if you think he is an elite top five quarterback in the NFL, if he's Patrick Mahomes, if he's Aaron Rodgers, if he's uh, Deshaun Watson, then there's probably no price right. that is big enough. But if you think he is going to be a good and maybe a great quarterback, if he's in the Baker Mayfield class, well, then I think you really have to discuss it. Has he done enough to be in the once in a generational or, you know, in that upper echelon of you, you can only get that guy? I, I mean, think it's a really, really hard assessment. Yeah. Because. I mean, you have one really good year to That's to it. Him from. You have one unbelievable year. I mean, spectacular. Did everything you could yeah. possibly ask. But that's a reasonably small sample size. Now, yeah. it came against one of the best schedules a college football team has ever yeah. played. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, from a, a uh, combine type standpoint, I don't think his measurables are going to be crazy. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the entire no, world. No, I haven't seen his. He, I can't imagine he's going to the combine, do you? I mean, no, uh, I don't. I don't know if I'm he's sure going to he goes. Throw I, at. I mean, he's going to be the number be one there. pick, yeah, so it doesn't right. really matter he what need he to does go. or doesn't. Exactly, he doesn't need to go. But he's gonna be the top pick. But I don't know whether he is Andrew Luck caliber first pick overall, right. or he is Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And, and to me, that's the line of delineation because if he's Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning or something like that, he, he's going to be the number one pick. There's no way. You, you can't trade your entire franchise for him. But if he is a good prospect, yeah. there are good prospects every year. Yeah. And, and I, I could imagine 
somebody assessing it either way. I could imagine someone say, look at the year he had. He's a can't-miss prospect. This is going to change our franchise forever. I mean, remember, when you look at the quarterbacks the Bengals have had, the last one like that was Carson Palmer. Yeah. I don't think Andy Dalton was that. but but He didn't turn out to be that, no. But I don't know that anyone ever thought he was going to be best player in the NFL. He was no. going to be good, competent, Solid. good yeah. NFL right. quarterback. I mean, so you give your franchise that chance. I mean, look at the teams that going into next year, you go, oh yeah, I think they should be pretty good. Houston, young quarterback, Kansas City, young quarterback. Right. Even the 49ers who are built through their defense and their running game, their offensive line, they, they have a good, young yeah. quarterback who is only going to get better. better. Yeah. The teams that you go, yeah, I don't really know what the plan is there. The Jets, the Raiders, yeah. the Dolphins, those are the teams that don't have quarterbacks. This week, the Chargers. How about this with uh, Phil Rivers moving to Florida? Right. And, and I, I mean, the fact that he is moving his family to Florida does not mean he's not going to play for the Chargers any longer. Right. I mean, he lived in San Diego. It's a long drive to L.A. It's an even longer drive to the new ballpark by LAX. And, and But the Chargers have been very uh, tepid in their support yeah. for Philip Rivers. He's had a good career. Obviously has not taken a team to a Super Bowl victory. If you are the Chargers, you're in a weird situation. You're about to be the number two tenant in a billion dollar stadium. Your fan support in Carson or in, uh, is that where they played? They played uh, at the soccer facility yeah, in Carson. Yeah. yeah, was lacking to say the least. Yeah. Now there were issues there with parking and getting in right. and out of the stadium and all of that, but... And it, it was like a road game every time they played there. Yeah, they, In the it, sense of the, the, the other teams would have more fans than they would have done. Right. But if, if you're that franchise... Should we go to the Davidson Farm? Well, we tried that before. It might not yeah. be open. Yeah. We're, for those of you that know Charlotte, we're... Uh, on the bridge over the, uh, I don't even know if it's really a bridge, but we're just driving past uh, Lake Norman. Yeah, this is iconic Lake Norman as you're driving from Charlotte North. Um, what can you do? You're the Chargers. Last year, you had a really good team. This year, you yeah. were fair. Yeah. And Philip Rivers is aging. You know, he's they're in a little bit of a situation like the Panthers are, right? Right. I mean... Well, that's why I think if this is... If you are of the belief that the Panthers are going to move Cam Newton, I think the Chargers are a natural destination for him for a couple of reasons. For the, from the Chargers' perspective, if you're moving away from Phillip Rivers, what's going to draw attraction going into that new stadium? Cam Newton's going to draw a lot of attraction, attraction going into that new stadium. Is he an upgrade? I, I think he sells tickets. I think he moves the needle. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Um, don't you? I mean... No, I really don't. I mean, I you're taking an old quarterback, Philip Rivers, who's right. pretty good, and replacing him with a middle-aged quarterback. But you're trying to, attract, you're trying to yeah. attract a new audience. Yeah. You know, Philip Rivers was San Diego. Yeah. You know, I mean, L.A., it's a different thing. And I mean, there to be honest, Cam Newton, with Cam Newton. Cam Newton is the type of guy... They could go into a New York and a New York or a Los Angeles and just light it up. And I, I don't. I, and I mean, 
It's not the not the craziest thing I've I've heard. I've heard a lot more Tom Brady stuff because I think he's a West Coast guy. He's a West Coast guy. He fits in Hollywood, but there might be more upside with Cam Newton than either Philip Rivers or Tom Brady just because he's younger. If he were to be healthy, maybe he needs a new scenery. Maybe he needs a, a, a fresh start. If he were healthy, that, that is not the craziest thing I've ever heard. It'll be absolutely fascinating to me to see what the price for Cam Newton is. Yeah. Because I don't think there's going to be a bidding war. I think it would be incredibly inadvisable to trade a first or a second round pick for a guy that we don't know how healthy he is. That being said, for a third or a fourth rounder to take a lottery ticket, he's only got one year left on his contract. He's not overly expensive. I mean, I, that is not a bad call. And, you know, with new coach, new offensive coordinator, you know, you know, we're, we haven't been privy to the, believe it or not, we haven't been privy to the conversation. So we don't know what the internal thinking right now with Matt Rule and Joe Brady is over Cam Newton. And so once once we know that, it'll be a lot easier to figure out what the direction of the franchise is. But I think, I don't know that the Panthers would part with Cam Newton for anything less than a first or a second round pick. But we're, we're I think we're going to find out. Yeah, we'll find out. I, I think we're going to find out. And it could be a deal where it's, a second round pick, but they get a third back or a yeah. fourth back or, or one of those type deals. What about your guy? Tom Brady goes down as one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL. But Joe Montana ended his career in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah. Do, do we think that Brady... Well, Brady's not going to end his career in Kansas City. I'm, I'm almost certain. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Let, like, whose call is it? Is it Brady's call? Is it Belichick's call? Is it Bob Kraft's call? Who makes this decision? I think the market makes this decision. Really? You think it's a financial question? Well, in the sense of, I think, is well, is Tom Brady, one, is he happy to stay in New England? If that's the case, he's staying in New England. I think. Is he? I think so. You don't think Bill Belichick goes, Tom Brady's skills are deteriorating and... We weren't great last year, and if we run back the same team, how are we going to be any better going forward? Well, this is where I go back to the, where's the market going to be on all this, right? Is there a landing place for Tom Brady that he's happy to go to? Like we, we just mentioned with uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers. Right, I mean, and, and I, I don't know. Like, how many teams, what, what do you think Tom Brady is looking for? Is he looking for a market? Is he looking for money? Is he looking for a team ready to win the Super Bowl? You know what? He has never been a guy that I would say has done everything for the money. I mean, he, if anything, he is not taking substantially less, but I mean, he, he has been very manageable in the sense of he's worked with his finances and his salary to help the team and still command a lot of money. So, I don't know. If you're somebody that has a gazillion dollars, it, is it pride at this point? I mean, is it if, if Kansas City, uh, not Kansas City, if the Chargers are willing to pay him $30 million a year, is, is he willing to do that? I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. I, I just, I, like, here's the thing, though. Like, I don't think the Patriots, I mean... But you think it's Brady's call. If he wants to stay in New England, he stays in New England. I think, I think so. Okay. Like, but, I, but, but, but let's be clear, though. I mean, Bill Belichick has shown that he can, he can cut the line at loyalty at any time. I have this discussion with one of my good friends out in California frequently about Steph Curry. 
Steph Curry is the most important member of the Warriors franchise in the history of the franchise, dating back to when they moved to California. We are of the opinion that if the Warriors overpay Steph Curry when he is 37, 38, 39, and 40, and they don't win anything, that is perfectly fine for everything he has brought the franchise. I do not think you would be wrong as the Patriot organization to say, we are going to pay this guy. We understand that he has deteriorating skills. We're going to do our absolute best to win around him. If he is willing to take a little bit less money to help us be more competitive, fantastic. And if this means that we don't win the Super Bowl the next few years, Tom Brady is the most important player in the history of the franchise, and that's okay. But I don't know that that's going to be Bill Belichick's mentality. And if he thinks he can win in a different way, is it his call or is it Brady's or is it Kraft's? No, ultimately, I think it's Brady Brady and Kraft. I, I think Belichick can have a huge say, but I think if Kraft isn't aligned with Bill's decision, I think he might do his own thing here. And do you think Kraft is more aligned with Brady than Belichick? I mean, it's complicated. You, it is complicated. I mean, it's. I mean, it's where does like. It, it's hard for me, and I'm not a business person, but it'd be hard for me as an owner of an NFL franchise to want to sink thirty million dollars into a guy who's forty-two years old. Now, granted, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but as you mentioned, deteriorating skills was was this year's offensive um, meltdown on him. I mean, he didn't have the parts. Yeah, but he's part. never really had great parts. Yep. So was it on him? I don't think it was. I think he still has another... So you think if they bring in good players around him, he's going to be one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league? I think the Patriots will be one of the 10 best teams in the NFL if they bring good parts around him. I don't know. How are you... If you're looking at, like, numbers, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, that's fair. But but you think you can win the Super Bowl with him I as still he is think right you, I, I, With the right pieces around him, yes. What was he missing this year that the two, two Super Bowl teams have? A freaking elite tight end. Look, he was also missing throws, and he can't throw the ball as far down the field, and that's he's fair, not as accurate. Right? I mean, he's he, not— He missed Gronkowski. Oh, uh, no question. And he missed a burner receiver, and he missed a possession guy when Edelman wasn't playing, and yada, yada, yada. But he is not the guy he was five years ago, and he's not the guy he was ten years ago. Hey, that doesn't mean he's not Trent still a Dilfer's capable won a quarterback. Super Bowl. Right, but that's never been the way the Patriots have won. They've never won but despite won. their quarterback. And it's hard to pay your quarterback 20 or $30 million if he's not performing like a 20 or $30 million well, quarterback. I don't disagree with that. Like, like as a fan of the Patriots... If they bring back Tom Brady and they go nine and seven the next two years, is that okay with you? Like, if you knew they're going to bring him back, they're going to do everything they can, but the likelihood of it working out, of them winning another Super Bowl with him, are not great. Would you prefer that, or would you prefer the, let's move on from Tom, he can have a year or two, just like Peyton Manning had elsewhere, just like Joe Montana had elsewhere. We'll wish him the best. We'll cheer for him. But the best thing for the organization is to to start over and see where it gets us and begin planning for the future. I think the ultimate answer, if Belichick has the ultimate say in this, is what has been their mantra over the years, Dave? It's been, I'd rather get rid of a player a year too soon than a year too late. Right, but I think there are different rules for different players. Oh, I, mean, I love that old Jimmy Johnson quote about the kicker. Remember the one where he said, 
man, my kicker's making kicks. He's my guy. I love that guy. He's accurate. He's hidden from deep. That's my dude. My kicker starts missing kicks. He's no longer my kicker. And someone right. said, well, what about Troy Aikman? What if, what if Troy starts throwing the ball to the other team? He goes, Troy's my guy. He's hidden. He's guy. He's hidden Alvin Harper. He's hidden. He's hidden Michael Irvin. We're handing it off to Emmett Smith. We're winning games. Troy's my guy. Troy starts throwing to the other team. Troy and I are going to have a discussion. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, like the different that, roles. But that's the decision the Patriots have right now. And you know, can you let Tom Brady walk? And are you, if you're Robin Kraft, are you okay seeing him potentially retire with somebody else? Yeah, I, I mean, he'll, he'll, they'll sign him to a one. I mean, if he does go somewhere, he'll come back and you know. Oh yeah, a one day. They'll do that one day deal, right? Sure. But but I mean, but his last game in the NFL could be in another uniform. As a Patriot fan, though, what would you prefer? Like, what what's your? Would you like to see Tom Brady knowing that they? They could be good next year, but it's also possible they're going to be the same as they were this year. Or would you like to see the Patriots hey, begin this next step? I, I suffered through the Celtics in the post-Larry Bird. <laughs> so, look, I, I just from my eyes and my observation, I agree with what you're saying that he is diminished. I still think they can win a Super Bowl with him. Yeah. Next year. Two years? I don't know. I think you feel the same way I do about Steph Curry. I keep running him out there. Maybe we can surround him with better players. Maybe we can still get something out of him. And if we don't, I'm okay with that. Like, I'd like to see him stay with the Warriors. You'd like to see him stay with the Patriots? I'd like to see him retire as a Patriot. And I think that's totally fair. But um, he's also earned the the right to go out how he wants to go out. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my... uh, my take on that. What about the other quarterbacks that are available? I don't think they have the right to determine their... <laughs> they definitely don't. Not have yet, the not right. yet. Like, but which of these guys would you want on your team? We'll, we'll take the non-Tom Brady part of this equation. Your choices are Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Philip Rivers. I think there are one or two other quarterbacks that that are going to be available this year. I don't actually think Drew Brees is going to be available no, to you. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. And, you know, I, I think Teddy Bridgewater probably stays in New Orleans for an insurance policy. Because, Boy, but, I don't know because... I mean, he is a good... There, there is a good trading possibility for him. And of the names you mentioned, Dave, I would probably be more interested in him than any of those guys. Uh, you know, younger, he's been healthy. Uh, when he has played for the Saints, he's, he's looked good at times. Uh, you know, Tannehill had a good year, but is he more of a game manager? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, those guys are, they're just not, I don't know, I don't want to say I sexy, think the but, ace in the hole with Kansas, with uh, Kansas City, with New Orleans, is Taysom Hill. Hmm. Like, what is his role? Because... There is a thought. I, I don't know how but he, uh, he Sean Payton and I have not talked about right, this. Right. Well, some people look at the way Lamar Jackson is succeeding and say Taysom Hill can be that hybrid sort of guy. Yeah. I mean, for you and I, who like the dropback passer, who marvel at Mahomes, who is Well, the both, one guy you didn't mention was Marcus Mariota. Well, he, he's out there too, but I have a hard time. He's above any of those other guys. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's yeah. available, too, and he had a heck of a year. But but I like I can imagine someone convincing themselves that Jameis Winston, man, if we could ever get him to throw the ball straight, I mean... Well, he, so the, you, you make a good point about Jameis Winston because, and I don't know, you, you probably had conversations like this throughout the years with coaches. 
there are some guys, coaches, that feel like they can fix anybody. Right. Um, the thing about Jameis Winston, though, I mean, God, he's he's as likely to win a Super Bowl as he to, as he is to go, you know, five hundred. I mean, he's on the verge of getting benched every year. Yeah. Yet he's also in the Pro Bowl discussion for the numbers he puts up. <laughs> Puts up crazy numbers, but he's so inconsistent. He kind of feels like he should stay with Bruce Arians to me. Like, I, I, and maybe Tampa Bay wants to move on. They've been through this experience, this experiment. I mean, how, of, how often can you bang your head against the wall and get the same result? I mean, right, right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. But again, if you feel like you can fix or rehabilitate the guy, yeah. The Bridgewater situation is an interesting one because he's going to require a lot of money because he looked great when yeah. Breeze was out. And Breeze is 40 years old, and they also have Taysom Hill. I don't know long-term that they can pay all three of those right. guys. And one of them is, you know, in his last year or two or three right. Right. in the league. If you're the Saints, a little bit of the same situation as the Patriots. Breeze hasn't taken the dip that Brady has. But at some point, you have to look at the future as opposed to only the immediate next year. Yeah. But... I, I think that would be an awfully hard guy, the way he did play when healthy, to to say, "Yep, we're going with Bridgewater and Hill." Yeah. I, I think he's probably, but I don't. I don't really think all three of them can be back. I don't think you can spend that much money and that much equity at the quarterback spot. That being said, if Taysom Hill is your number two quarterback, can you afford to have him do all of that? Stuff, the special yeah. team stuff, the catching passes stuff, the running with the ball stuff, because now you need him as your backup. When Drew Brees got hurt this year, when Bridgewater went in, they really limited yeah. what they did with Kill. So maybe he has to be the Swiss Army knife third quarterback. If he is that guy, maybe you do invest in Brees and and Bridgewater. Well, and Taysom Hill gives you roster flexibility. Yep. So, I mean... That's one of his big values. So I think you keep him in that role. Maybe you've just decided we're going to pay two quarterbacks, and obviously Hill is still on a rookie deal. It's Breeze, and you're paying you're paying Bridgewater as that best backup, almost starter now, knowing that in a year or two Breeze is gone, Bridgewater moves in that role, and then you can start paying Taysom Hill. Now, if you're Teddy Bridgewater, you kind of – Got injured in Minnesota. Now you're the backup in New Orleans. How long is it okay to be a backup? There are teams that have openings that are going to offer you big contracts. Are you willing to continue to sit behind Breeze? Or is it time to go to one of those teams that has an opening for a starter? Well, and the other question is, is it more important to you to become a starter for an average team or to be a backup on a team that has a chance to go to the Super Bowl? Right, but a backup for how long? I mean, Steve Young waited and waited and waited yeah. behind Joe Montana, and it worked out really well. But in the back of your mind, you have to have the, how long is this dude going to play? Right, right, right. I, I mean, then again, this is the NFL. If you're cashing checks and not having to play, that, that's not a bad spot to right. be in either. Carcast at Outlook.com. We're also now on Stitcher, so you can listen 
through that as well. And I wouldn't say this is quite like the milkshake discussion, but we do have an update. I didn't get a milkshake on the way back from Hampton. We had six no, freaking hours or five hours or whatever it was, and we didn't get a milkshake. But we did get a good uh, dose of Bruce Springsteen, that's for sure. That was good. About five, five and a half hours. Five and a half of, hours of, of Bruce Springsteen. So this didn't make the cut last week, but uh, I had this really nice blue vest, like a jacket vest. <laughs> and uh, I thought I lost it in Nashville when we were at Vanderbilt last year. And we actually drove on that trip. And I remember asking asking you, saying, hey, is it in your car? And you're like, yeah, I looked, I, I couldn't find it. Well, we're getting ready to, to roll out to Hampton, and Dave's like, hey, is this blue sweater, is this blue vest yours, this jacket vest? Yeah, it is. So I wore it out on Friday night, and I left it at the restaurant. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you you had lost it yes. for 14 months. I found it. Found it. Yeah. Well, you found it. I got it back, reunited with it, and now it's back to being missing. Did you go to the restaurant? Yeah. They, they, they didn't know anything about it. <laughs> I'm going to give it one more try to see if it's there. Now, do you think that I was... Uh, gallivanting around town in your vest for a year? No, I never thought that at all. I don't think I've ever worn a vest. Yeah, we had this discussion. You're wearing one I'm right wearing now. I'm wearing one right now, yeah, with a scarf because it's kind of chilly today. Right. Yeah. I love vests. I know. Like, I. And I got the sweater vest on in honor of Gary McCann. I thought it was in honor of Bud Shoulders. Oh, and Bud Shoulders, yeah. yeah. I don't really get the vest. There are no what sleeves. is the deal with the vest? But but like, if you're cold on your shoulders, yeah. wouldn't you also be cold in your arms? No, no, no. In fact, there are times where I have the vest on and I'm very comfortable, and I would think that my arms would be cold, but they're not. <laughs> Did you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? I think that was back last night. I haven't. No, we. Um, so, for non-Charlotte residents, this was. Uh, the kickoff to Charlotte Restaurant Week. So we went with uh, our friends, the G's, and we went to uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse last night. Now the problem is, we didn't book it when it first opened up that you could reserve. So the only reservation we could get was like 8.30. Ah. So we watched... Uh, Good thing the football game stung. Well, so we watched... So Sam and I and John watched the end of the first game at our house, and then the G's came over, and we watched basically the first half of the second game and then got in the car to go to Ruth's Chris and didn't feel bad missing the no you didn't miss I mean we and Brian and I because we got there a little bit early we went to the bar to grab a beer and, watch, and it was like 27 nothing yeah. so I was like forget it did you tape it just in case or no I, um, the plan was to do that uh, but it was such a blowout when we left I was like Terrible. it's not worth the space on the direct TV I considered switching over to UCLA and Cal yeah. but then when I turned it on and they had teens in the second half yeah. Yeah. I decided I didn't need to do that either yeah. Cal lost to UCLA 50 to 40 wow Winthrop scored 116 against Hampton yeah. on Thursday it's crazy Winthrop is now one of the top 10 scoring teams yeah. in the country and, and, and still in the upper echelon of uh, made threes per game. Yep. Yep, about 10 made threes a game. But what's interesting about that is it's not like there's one guy hitting six threes a game. I mean... It's like different guys are... Last year, the offense was shoot a million threes, hit 10 or so, yeah. and you got a great chance to win. But you got a bad shooting night, and it could be Just, a problem. Yeah. This year, you can win a game when you hit 
five or six or seven yeah. threes because they can punch yeah. it inside, they yep. can get points in the right. paint, they can defend, or there are the games when they hit a dozen threes and it's good yep. night. Yep. They're, they're so much more versatile. They have so bounce. many more ways they can get points. Yeah. Exactly, bounce. They have 23 or 24 games off the bench that are 10-point performances. I mean, it's really... It, 56 in the game against Hampton. 56 points off the bench against Hampton. Uh, amazing. Let's wrap up with the baseball stuff. We talked about it um, on the way to Hampton Thursday, and more has come out since then. We saw Carlos Beltran get fired, as we kind of discussed. We was thought that was Fairly happen, yeah. likely. Um, but I, I think the big thing that has come out is, I guess, the rumor and then kind of the the pictures that may be legitimate or not of a buzzer system yeah. that the Astros may or may not have been using. Well, and what's compelling circumstantial evidence is the shot of Altuve with the walk-off home run, and he doesn't want them to pull his shirt off. Right. So, and I don't know. I mean, that's... I, Major League Baseball. But that's and, like the 1919 Black Sox, almost, if, the, if, if you go to that level. But, can, I don't really understand. Baseball did the investigation. Yeah. Baseball came to the conclusion that they were cheating by banging on the, the, the garbage cans. cans right. And they responded by suspending A.J. Hinch yeah. and Jeff Lunau for a year. But in that same report, they found no corroborating evidence of this buzzer system. Right. So take that, and you have to think that that report was done in a, a professional and thorough manner. Now, we hear about this buzzer system, and it seems to be mostly... Rumors and innuendo, yes, and then we see the these, like you said, not wanting to have the jersey torn off or the picture on the internet that looks like there's some sort of mechanical thing taped onto the shoulder. Like, I, th- th- this is sad. Maybe I don't know what to believe. Yeah, and it's next level, right? I mean, if it's accurate, if it's true, I mean, that's like, I mean, it's one thing to like scuff up a baseball, I think. But this is a coordinated plan. Like, what do you think is the truth? Like, your gut feeling. I would say this. It's kind of like the steroid era. It's like, I can't imagine it's true, but I can't say that I don't believe that it's possible. That makes sense? I mean, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to believe it. Like, I can't imagine you'd go to that length. If you, if you just look at the evidence, the baseball investigation versus kind of the whispers contradict each other. Well, but here's the thing, right? So here's the problem with the investigation that they, they found no evidence. In assuming that this is going on, Bregman and Altuve, two of the guys that are alleged to have been involved, they're not going to admit to it. Right. I mean, so, yes, they found no evidence, but th- that's a hard thing to to discover. And, and, and you know, and look, if all... Because and there had to be, I, I think the thing was there was a couple players, right? But someone in the video room, the video coordinator, like had to know what was going on. Yep. Right. But if those people all were in cahoots to say no, you know, if they if they didn't change their stories, and it's such a complicated situation in that it's not like someone is under oath 
They don't yeah. have, they don't to, have tell to tell you the truth. No. But that being said, they don't have to, and they don't have to incriminate themselves. Right. But that being said, the bargain that the commissioner gave the players was essentially: you tell me what's going on, yeah. be frank with me, be honest with me, and there won't be any punishment. Right. So, where does that leave the commissioner's office now? Are they going to re-investigate it? Are they going to let it go? Are they going to suspend players? Like, like, what do you do now? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, my guess is they are going to reopen it, but if they don't get any more information, they can't advance it. I mean, if like, you were to reopen like how are you going to advance it? Exactly. How would you even go about doing that? But if you do... And there's an element too, Dave. I think they just want this thing to go away. What? Of course they want it to yeah. go away. Remember, I don't know, two months ago, no, longer than that ago, over the summer maybe, we talked about the 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 issues with the NBA in China. Yeah, right. And that was a debacle. Yeah. And we kind of agreed, tip off the season, play the first month, yeah. play the second month, hush, hush, don't say anything, and hopefully the, the circumstances will fix themselves and, and it will tone down. I think mainly that's what's happened. This one, though... It keeps flaring up. And I don't know how it's going to stop. Everywhere the Astros go all year... It's not like the NBA is playing more games in China. Right. They left China. So maybe they're dealing with... What's the first city where somebody's going to walk in with a trash can and bang it every it's time? It's everywhere they go. Fans are going to be on it and... The, the TV cameras are going to catch the fans, and the media is going to ask questions about it. The guy that starts the season 0 for 12, you're going to go, yeah. well, yep, yep. he doesn't know what pitch is coming to him. The guy that's hitting better at home than on the road, you're going to go, are they, are they still yeah. are they still doing I mean, like, th- this is going to linger. Yeah, it is. It, and if you're baseball, I, I just don't know what you can do. I think they're just stuck. Would you suspend players? You have to have credible evidence. I mean, right now they don't have evidence. They have innuendo. They have burner accounts. I mean, yeah. Know, I mean, they have, so, I mean, I think you have to have credible. And you see the whole thing as a big deal. I do. It's an it's a integrity of the game thing. Yeah. Now, 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 I mean, you could, you could, I guess. I don't know if this is the same as legalizing gambling, but I mean, if you legalize looking at signs, then you take that issue. You know, there's no temptation. To well, you and I talked about it last week. Once upon a time, you had a runner on second base. This guy at second base could stare in, look yeah. at the signs, could motion yeah. and something. And, and the next time he came up, he'd get he one was, in the ribs. Exactly. Yeah. So, was it legal or was it illegal? Well, it was illegal, but it was the, the punishment was decided by the players. Right. And now? Now it's decided by the commissioner's office. But, like, so... Now, there, there are a bunch of guys, and Jack McDowell, um, I, I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, thing. this is incredible. Yeah, so apparently, now this was the year before he was drafted, but apparently Tony La Russa had set up an elaborate, uh, the, the former manager of the White Sox, when he was with the White Sox, had a, a video camera installed in center field to do the very same thing. And if Tony La Russa was doing that in Chicago... What's to lead us to believe he wasn't doing the same thing in Oakland and yeah. St. Louis? Right. It, it, but the, the integrity of the game, though, is... is. But is this one of those deals where the people inside the game are saying, dude, 
everyone's doing this and they've been doing it forever. Like, are we making a big deal about it because it's just come to light? Well, I don't, the hitter, this is where I think it's going to be a little bit of a split within baseball. I think the hitters think it's fine. The pitchers are irate. But, I mean, do we believe that this is, do you think it's an isolated case or several isolated cases? Or do you think essentially everyone's doing this already and we're just finding out about it now? I don't think it's, I, I would say this, I, I don't think it's pervasive for all 30 teams. But it wouldn't surprise me if more teams are doing it than we think. I don't think everyone's doing it. I just, I, I wonder if the shock of it has led to, oh my God, we must have drastic action, when in fact, everyone in the clubhouse has known about this since Tony LaRusso was doing it in the 80s. But, but, and we talked Doesn't about, make it right either. No, no, no. But, but, but cheating and trying to get an edge by stepping over the line or trying to go as close to the line as possible has been part of baseball for over 100 years. I mean, and that's from the Patriots fan, and the Patriots are always working on those yeah. margins. Yeah. Like, you're a Patriots fan, unabashed. That's great. They're an unbelievable organization that's been incredibly successful. Does that stuff about them bother you? We talked about this. I, 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 I'm on the edge of being like, I'm done with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's because you don't have to, like... And I think that makes your stance consistent with baseball, that this bothers you too. Yeah, because it, it's, you know, I did a lot blog post a long time ago. This is probably five, six years ago. The Pacheco Papers? The Pacheco Papers, the, yeah. The very it's popular. It's in hiatus, but yeah, the very popular. You can still look it you up. You can still find it, yeah. Um, but, but you know, winning with integrity and winning with honor means something to me. Um, you know, there are some people that said, eh, you know, you cut the corners and you still win, at least you won. You, I, I feel like your integrity is part of winning the right way. And I think if you cheat, and you really overtly cheat, it, it, it cheapens a little bit the, the winning. And so... And it doesn't matter whether you get caught or not. Well, I mean, you know. I mean, right. as, the, as a you participant in the cheating, you're going to know. Like, the fans don't know. But I would feel like if, if I was on a team that won, but I knew that something was done illegal or not right, it would take a little bit of the shine off winning. That's the very strong, morally, Mike Pacheco. I'm not quite as strong in that direction. I'm Dave Friedman. We appreciate you listening to the Bearded Cart Gas. I'm sure people can be surprised by that. Oh, yeah. Shocker. <laughs> Absolute shocker. Send us an email, beardedcartgast at outlook.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes and on Stitcher. We'll talk to you next time.